Welcome to Beers, Business, and Paul's, presented by House Enterprise and brought to you, as always, by Anchor. Go download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to listen to Beers, Business, and Balls today. Today is Tuesday, June 8th, and it is summer. Jake Zimmer, Will Tondo, we're just about back to normal, folks. Playoff sports, afternoon beers, which we did a lot of, we'll talk about that in a second. It damn well feels like normal. Sue me. No, I mean... Uh, this was we went to the Worcester Woo Sox, the, <laughs> the Red, Worcester Woo Sox, the Woo Sox, the Red Sox minor league game, which was my first professional sports game as a fan. I think, yeah, all this year. I don't oh, think I, I mean, I, easily. Yeah, I don't think I, I'm like trying to think. I'm like, <laughs> what oh, what sports events would you, know, you have gone to? <laughs> usually in the past, it'd be like a couple Islanders games, few Yankee games, Red Sox games, whatever it might be. Yeah, first one. And it was like COVID was not a thing. It was no masks, people. I was, I think I was more blown away by common, common play, um, common spaces and the shared ut- uh, utensils and condiments uh, mm-hmm. pumps. I was blown away by that. I'm like, holy shit. They're like, they're not giving you the crappy packages of, hot, of ketchup and mustard for your hot dog. Like that you have to rip open and get up everywhere. It's like the one pump system right back. Everyone can touch it. <laughs> It was great. It was great. The first thing we did at Polar Park was go get beers, obviously, like everybody does. And we host a show on craft beer, so I would hope that's the first place we started at a baseball game. And I'm sitting around in awe, like, oh, my God, this is so awesome. This is a fully packed stadium. And you go, dude, look at the condiments. I'm like, that's like, (laughs) I'm like, we are now at the point where people aren't afraid to touch the same things other people are touching. Not even the mask thing. It's like yeah. being able to touch things. Even the simple things, it's like being able to try on clothes in a dressing room. Yeah, dressing rooms are open. Yeah, man. it's like you don't have to buy clothes, be disappointed if they don't fit right or you just don't like it because you, didn't, you couldn't feel it or couldn't see it. And now you can actually go into a dressing room and be like, yeah, I'm going to take this or no, I don't want it. So like, would you use a dressing room right now? Yeah. Why? I'm not a big online retailer because it's Mm. like if i don't know the company or i don't know like if it's a company or a clothing brand or shoes that i've had before i'm like oh this is my size i know the feel i know the quality boom no problem if it's all this new stuff which was all online you see like instagram ads or shit i'm like ooh, is the quality good (laughs) is it gonna fit like is it a large is it an extra large is it a 34 is it a 35 is it a size 12 is it a size 13 i don't know like what fits right yeah and then it's the whole thing it's like oh well you can just mail it back well now i have to go to a post office true or you could go to a kohl's if it's amazon yeah but i still gotta drive (laughs) and then you can go to kohl's i want to 15 off i want to buy it take it home and not return it. that's yeah yeah and the same thing when you go to a regular store now and it's like you couldn't try things on it's like i don't know if it's gonna if i don't know if it's gonna fit right or not i'm not gonna buy it yeah it's very true i mean as like that's how american commerce works i'd argue yeah i don't think now i've never been much of a person that tries things on in the store like clothes i will say i've done shoes like these past couple of weeks i've been buying and looking for shoes and that's fine but even like pants because it's like yeah, you cuff pants now and stuff, but I want to know if it's like at least the length's right. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I think I feel like the waist is more important anyway. Well, the waist too. Right. Yeah, but you can chop some shit off the bottom of the. I don't know. But if it's too long or isn't too this short, nice we're yeah. having this conversation now though because this is just raw, unedited thoughts. Post COVID world, this is beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I really did not think we were going to go maskless till next year. And that's what we were Being talking about realist, today. Yeah. It's how how does the world look when we recover? Which we'll talk about, you know, th- this is not an ending conversation, right? We'll talk about this for a couple of weeks at least. Um, how's the world look? And 
we've got a really good guest this week that is going to talk about how the real estate world's going to work with crypto. We're talking Ooh. about crypto every single Ooh. damn week. And and here we are. I mean, uh, so we, we've got Kyle Sebeth. Great dude. No, it was a great. I'm not wooing about. <laughs> no, like, I know. Yeah, yeah. Like it was a really I know cool. You're not. No he was a Kyle. yeah. He was a great guy. So so smart. I mean, Rhode Island. He is the definition of Rhode Island, and brought a lot of great stuff to the table and great insight. I'm just wooing about how we're talking about crypto yet again. I know. And, yeah. I mean, we now have to accept the fact that. Now we have a crypto guest on in some way, shape, or form. Like it's it was a matter of time. It's a matter of time, but it's also it's a part of our everyday life now. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about like, oh, we're not going to talk about a lot of crypto this week, and then something big with crypto happens. Well, this man sold a house with cryptocurrency. Yeah, he did. I sold a lot with Dogecoin. Yeah. So if you skip this episode, I mean, you're you're an idiot. Like this is. I will say we've had a lot of interesting people on. We've had a lot more people, um, you know, more recognizable than Kyle Seabeth, of course, uh, who's a realtor in Rhode Island, Massachusetts, uh, one of the nation's top realtors as of this year. Sells a house with Dogecoin. Uh, that's a headline that speaks for itself. So do not skip that. That'll be coming a little bit later. Um, before we dive into biz- or before we dive into the interview, we had some beer this weekend. Surprise, surprise. Um, really good stuff across the board. It was nice to have an afternoon outside. We went to the Newport Polo down in Portsmouth, Rhode Island. Brian alumni event. Very fun. BYOB. So that's an excuse for us to empty the craft beer fridge. And we put a dent in it and we had some good beer. Yeah. And we stopped off at, you know, our good friend now. We call him friends. I mean, he, yeah. he texts us all the time about brother. sports and a brother. Um, but we stopped over at Brendan O'Donnell's place, Newport Craft Brewery and Distillery. Um, the vibes were immaculate. They had a cover band that was just killing Billy Joel, The Killers, um, Bon Jovi, Bon Jovi, uh, Matchbox Twenty. They oh my a little God, Britney yeah. Spears. Like they were, they were absolutely rocking it. He did some Queen very yeah. briefly. Um, the outside, I mean, the weather was perfect. Like you can smell the, you know, you could smell the ocean breeze a couple miles away, and everyone was just having fun, enjoying the beer, enjoy the weather, but. Great times all around. We grabbed some beers and cocktails there too. It's nice having the distillery where you can get the cocktails. Would you have a rum punch and a I had a rum punch mark? and a moonshine marg and oh. a gin and tonic? Yeah, I was I was feeling myself. Yeah. But on the Thank beer God side, he wasn't driving. Folks. No, 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 no. I had that honor. On the beer side, which uh, Brendan actually gave us this beer. We haven't had it yet, but it's the 2020 annual release. Um, so this year. It was an imperial Lithuanian farmhouse ale, which delivers some natural earthy flavors from a traditional Lithuanian farm bread yeast strain. The beer was then blended with five different barrels from five different vintages in an array of red wine, white wine, Thomas II rum, which is their signature rum, their oak barrels. Um, and the guy, when he was explaining it, because I was like, oh, I want to try something that I haven't had yet. And he's like, I do not know how to explain this to you. I'm just going to pour it. And if you like it, great. If not, we'll go from there. He's God like, is my witness. He said that. And it was like, he's like, it's a farmhouse, but it's kind of not. And it has, you know, notes of different alcohols and spirits, but doesn't. And it was very good. I mean, when it came out on that dark color, I was like, eh, it's 90 degrees right now. I don't know if I'm feeling it, but it was light, crisp, and refreshing. Um, definitely had like that, the barrel taste as they said, and that, that wine and barley, uh, flavor, but I also tasted kind of like the rum spice and the fruity afternotes, but overall I gave it a four out of five. Um, I was pretty impressed by it. I wish I knew about the annual releases in years past because I'd love to see the different variations. 
Um, but this was this was some good quality stuff, four out of five for me. Yeah. And that was one of those where you tasted it and you're like, what the hell is, what, what is going on here? But it, and not in a bad way because it's just a blend of a bunch of flavors. It's kind of like a, it almost tasted like a Saison. I don't really know. Um, it was it was really good. Um, I'll take you to Newport again as well. We'll do Castle Hill Windward Weiss. Weiss? Weiss? With a W? Weiss, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's, it's listed as a collaboration with Coastal Extreme Brewing Company. And I, I just did some research. Coastal Extreme was what Newport Distilling was before the mergers and all that stuff. Um, I liked this. It was a lighter beer. I gave this a 3.75 out of 5 to lead off the bat. Um, All-natural, all-grain brew, malted wheat, and pale two-row malted barley. Um, a lot of hops. There were three hops. Magnum for bittering. Tetanang. Tetanang? Tetanang for a mild spice flavor and Cascade for a mild citrus finish. It was very much unfiltered. It says 100% unfiltered on here, and I agree. It was really good. Um, I like lighter beers in the summer and I like, you know, I, I like to taste my beer too, for sure. Like the IPAs and stuff, but I like my lighter beer. I like my Hef. I like my lagers. I like the Pilsners and on a hot day like that, don't want to get too humid. Um, or it is too humid to have anything too thick. I should say three, seven, five. That's my beer. It's a nice, nice beer. The Newport craft does so get down there, mm-hmm. get down and take some shit home. They've got a lot of it. That's for sure. You can get oh, some yeah. Radiant Pig. You get Radiant, some, some Braven. Oh, we um, did have uh, Bushwick from Braven. That's right. Yep. Oh, my God. That was good. I had one of those, and Brendan was not wrong. They, he, that was one they literally acquired just because it's oh, yeah. the Bushwick beer. And you like the lighter beers in the summer? Like I'm, I mean, I like all beers, but lighter beers aren't typically, typically my favorite, um, but I was impressed by Bushwick. That was a solid beer. I mean... If I had the the money and the capital to acquire a brewery just for the one beer, I would. Yeah, (laughs) it's a a nice problem to have. Um, That's beer. Good stuff from Newport Craft. Let's go into our business segment. Do we have a treat for you? Kyle Sebeth is a realtor, one of the nation's best in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. He is slinging houses like no tomorrow. Um, With all this crypto stuff, he puts on his hat and says, how can I get more innovative, more sexy, and ends up selling some land for Dogecoin. You're going to want to hear this story. Very cool stuff and some interesting things coming from the Seabeth team in Rhode Island, Massachusetts. So let's get into it. Here's Kyle Seabeth for business. All right, everyone, we welcome on this week the founder of the Seabeth team, a Century 21 group, a real estate expert in Massachusetts and in Rhode Island, and the man behind what is currently believed to be the first and only real estate sale with a cryptocurrency. So that's some pretty cool stuff. Kyle Seabeth, ladies and gentlemen. Kyle, thanks for joining us. And it's it's pretty late as we're recording this, so we appreciate you hopping on. How you doing? How's everything going? Good, man. Well, I'm doing well. Um... You know, rocking and rolling. Real estate's a busy, a busy business right now. So just kind of staying ahead of it and, and and helping people buy, sell real estate, invest, and, and do what they do. How many? Uh, I saw you were getting out there today. How many showings did you actually do? Like this morning and afternoon? Yeah, I mean, on on an average day, we probably I probably do anywhere from ten to fifteen showings a day uh, with different buyers or sellers. So we we probably right in that range. Nice. Very cool. So tell us, we'll start off as we do every guest. A very simple question. Who is Kyle Seabeth? 
Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> it's only the hard-hitting um, stuff around here, man. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, someone that has a passion for um, success, but a, but more importantly, a passion for helping people and trying to grow and be better, um, really uh, allergic to being stagnant, allergic to complacency, and, and just trying to kind of blow this thing up and, and, and fulfill a potential that – you know, that you're given, right? So at the end of the day, we all have the same opportunity. Um, it's what do we do with it, right? We get 24 hours. How are we going to make it work? Yeah, that's a very good point. So not everybody, I would imagine in your line of work, grows up and wants to be a real estate agent. And no. you know, right, you almost kind of find yourself stumbling into it, right? As many we talk about, about their careers and their their paths to get to where they are. So what was it that, you know, take us through those early days, maybe middle school, high school, college, something like that. What was it that you originally wanted to do? And, and what kind of things were you interested? What, what got your passions? I mean, so at the end of the day, right, so I've always been an athlete, um, kind of coming up, uh, always the underdog guy, right? Smaller, not as fast, uh, not as strong, took a little while, late bloomer, played high school, played college basketball. But again, always had that competitive nature. So just always been a competitor, right? No matter what it was, always wanted to get to a level that was bigger and better than where you were. So I think that competitive nature carried forward and, and really was able to carry through in real estate, which is a business that essentially doesn't have a ceiling. And, you know, you can, you can make of you make what you want of it, right? You can make as little or as much as you'd like of it. And I think that's, what's attracted to me about it is, uh, is that, is that portion. Right. Very cool stuff. And now at this point, you've been in real estate for, for over 10 years. Um, curious to hear, you know, kind of how you came up the ranks, right? What did your early career look like? You obviously went to school, you got an MBA. Um, you know, what was the, what were those first few years like when you were kind of, uh, I think struggling is the wrong word, but, you know, trying to understand where you fit in, in a very crowded real estate market. Yeah, I mean, I, I you could say struggling. I mean, look, real estate is is a market um, is a market with right now. There's more realtors than there are actually houses, right? So at the end of the day, you know, you have more realtors in the market than there are houses to sell. So it's a super competitive, um, super crowded market right now. But again, in the beginning, it took a while to kind of figure out what it was that I wanted to do in the real estate market. You know, what was the you know, what was my touch? What was my niche? What did that look like? And I really caught on with investors. And I think investors were the ones that got me going and got me to the level that I'm at now. And, and now it's at a point where you really don't want to look back. Um, so, you know, you get to that point, you start to invest in the business and you just continue to grow um, and, and, and continue to grow to make something bigger than you, right? To build that generational legacy. And what were you know, what, what point was it for you when you just kind of hopped into it and said, you know, I need to be doing this. I'm good at it. You know, is there a certain house that you sold or a project that you did that, you know, you were like, yes, I'm, I'm in this, or was it, you know, t tell us about those moments. Yeah. I mean, I, I think at the end of the day, it was, um, the first few years when I started to grow from seven transactions to 14 to 28 to 44, 
Uh, I think at that point, what happened was I just I, I saw the momentum. And once I started to gain momentum and gain traction, I realized I was pretty good at this thing. So so it became a became a function of saying, OK, you know, momentum is starting to pick up. Let's see how far you can take this. And, and that's really where it, that's really where, where it went. So Will's joining us now. We can really dive into the, <laughs> the meat and potatoes here. You sold a piece of land in Rhode Island with a payment made using Dogecoin. And it, we think, you know, and the experts think that it's the first real estate transaction in the entire United States using cryptocurrency. So take us through the process of that sale. You know, start with, you know, kind of what made the bells go off to offer this land for Dogecoin? Was it the seller? Was it, was it you? What happened? Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, right. So you have to pay attention with what's, you have to pay attention to what's going on and what's going on right now, right? You've got this, this, this huge rush towards crypto, right? Everybody's involved in crypto. Everybody's pumped up about it. It's a new, sexy, hot thing. So at the end of the day, I said, what better way to marry cryptocurrency with a fundamental asset like real estate. And I think there was value there. You have a lot of people that have all this money in crypto. They can't do anything with it. And you have a lot of real estate investors that are pretty much old school and they're not really, you know, in tune with the, with the crypto space. So I said, let's marry that thing together and let's see what the buzz comes in. And the buzz has been pretty crazy. Um, so the buzz with this has been pretty nuts. Uh, we, you know, we had a bunch of people that put offers on it, one offer that was accepted, uh, working through the details and logistics on that now. But again, a lot of people, even though, you know, you look at Dogecoin and you could say it's a, it's a, it's a BS coin or whatever you want to say about it. But at the end of the day, it's more about the trend and the ability for me to innovate and the ability for me to stay ahead of the curve. And that's, that's really ultimately what was important to me. So with the deal itself though, if I don't know if you can disclose this or not, how many Doge coins was the property valued at? And did you lock it in on a coin value or on the dollar amount tied to the coin? The coin value. So we, oh. we, lo- we locked it in at 160,000 Doge coin. So that's the value. So when the seller sells, it's locked in at that number. Hmm. And then what made you choose Dogecoin opposed to any of the cryptocurrencies available? Obviously, there's some more less volatile ones like Bitcoin or um, Ethereum. There's yep. also those new ones like Safe and Hoge and Ass. I mean, <laughs> simple as that. But what, what made you choose Dogecoin? Yeah, I mean, I think with Dogecoin, it was the it was the, I don't want to say sex appeal, but it was it was essentially you had um, it was probably the popular, you know, you've got Mark Cuban behind it. You've got um, uh, Elon Musk behind. It, you've got all these other folks that are pretty high profile people that are getting behind this coin. And I said, look, this is one where obviously a lot of them trade at minimal nominal values. But this is one where a lot of your average Joe was able to get into it. And I think a lot of people know what it is like Cardona. People don't really a lot of people don't know what that is. Ethereum, some may Bitcoin, obviously, but people can't afford Bitcoin. It's too expensive. So I looked at it. I said, what is the most common um, name that people will know, understand and be able to relate to and also has more clout than some of the other coins? And that's why we went with that. So is this, Kyle, going to be part of your strategy going forward? Are we going to say, you know, cryptos for basically anyone and everyone that wants to buy a home through me or, or what's next? Yeah. I mean, we're working on something right now that's really next level 
um, whole different, what it does is it, it kind of brings together syndication. It brings together cryptocurrency and um, can't get into it too much, but I'm, I'm working with some developers right now, working on some app stuff and some software that could uh, be a subscription service that could really make some dents into the real estate market and also couple up with crypto. Can you give us a rundown on how that transaction actually works? In terms of like, obviously you have the contracts and everything with the payment, but how do you receive the physical cryptocurrency per se? So we're working on the logistics on, on what that looks like. Is there a transfer from those to U.S. dollar and then it becomes, you know, becomes something like that just for simplicity purposes right now? I think most importantly, what I wanted to illustrate was it, it adds a level of fluctuation and a level of almost um, risk on both parties, right? So if I enter a transaction in Dogecoin today and tomorrow it's 10% less, well, that's a risk that the seller or the buyer have to be okay taking, right? And I think that's the beauty of it is it really, um, it really aligns not only the value of the coin at the time, but aligns the future value of what the coin could be when the closing takes place. And that's the part that we're working on the kinks now, what that looks like. Who do you think has the bigger advantage or disadvantage uh, in this process? Say it again. Who do you think has the bigger advantage or, or disadvantage? You know, is the buyer in a better spot than the seller is at this point with just Dogecoin being as, as volatile as it is? Curious to hear your thoughts. I think it depends on the day. I think if, if prior to Saturday Night Live, I think some, most people would have said that Dogecoin was going to reach a dollar and I would have made that bet as well. And then you look at what happened thereafter uh, and the value went down. So the, the seller, right, would have been at a disadvantage at that point, right? Because he accepted so many Dogecoin, Dogecoin at a certain valuation. So I think at the end of the day, it really just depends on, uh, you know, buy the, what is it, buy the rumor, sell the news, right? That sort of thing. So, you know, you can almost, it's, it's almost making a bet or making a gamble on, not only the value of the property, but the value of the coin at the time. Right. We'd like to do things over the blockchain. I mean, ideally, that's where we're looking to go with this thing is get it to the point where there is no US, where it's just a very quick, simple, easy closing uh, title search and close over the blockchain. And that's what we want to do. Yeah. Interesting stuff. Um, more towards your career now to put things into perspective so people understand who you are, why you can do these things. You've got plenty of accolades. You know, most recently in 2019, just pulling from your website here, you were the number one selling agent nationwide for all Keller Williams agents. Um, you had 140 million bucks in sales, and that was up from the 15.8 million you did in 2015. So obviously, something's working that you do. So, what do you think it is about your approach to real estate that makes you so successful? And what are you doing that others might not be? I think I'm relatable to a lot of different people that many people can't relate to. Uh, I can relate to the high end, the low end, the mid-class, the, you know, every sort of race, ethnicity that's out there. And I think a lot of people struggle with that. They get in one lane and they don't come out. And I think that's the part where, you know, if I'm in, if I'm in a certain lane um, and I'm focusing on just one sort of clientele, I'm never going to take the, take it to that next level and hit that next level of growth. So what I look at is I treat, every client differently in the sense that they all have different wants, needs, and desires. And essentially at the end of the day, you take that, you add that with hard work and you add that with a little bit, a sprinkle of likability. And I think you can go really far. 
Um, and again, it's about staying humble through that process. So to your point, 2016, 17, 18, 19, I was number one agent in the country for Keller Williams, 2019 and 20. It looks like I'm going to be number one agent in the country for all brokerages, but wow. that's not, that's not really what, you know, that's that, that only goes so far. If you're a jerk, if you're arrogant, if you're cocky, it's not going to get you that far. So if you add those two things, a little humility and some success and credibility, it can go a really long way. So what's next for your team? I mean, do you have any new innovative ideas in the works? Obviously, uh, the cryptocurrency is something that hasn't really been seen before. But, you know, what does the next year look like for your team? Yeah, so right now, um, I really don't have a team. It's just me. All those sales are just me. What I do have is a very good supporting cast of operations help on my sales. What we've grown into is a brokerage of 135 agents outside of my transactions that we're trying to grow to 200 agents in the next in the next few years. So uh, I think what's next is to grow the brokerage to 200 uh, to remain the number one salesperson here in the country and really start to get into some coaching stuff where we take uh, other agents throughout the world and throughout the country and help them increase production with real world relative uh, relative coaching. So right now it's a weird market. Uh, a lot of people are looking to sell. A lot of people are looking to buy houses too. So mm-hmm. what advice do you have for those people? You know, on the buyer side and then on the seller, seller side, how can they navigate this market that is turning out to be really complex? I mean, on the seller side, you just have to list. Yeah, It's just really a function of get your house listed and get it on the market as soon as possible. On the buyer side, um, I think the buyer side is much more difficult to navigate through. So what that looks like there is you have to understand what this market's telling us. It's telling us that it's inflated. It's telling us that the rates are low, so your buying power is high. But at the end of the day, as a buyer, you have to be ready to go and be ready to go at a moment's notice. So understand, educate, and really have knowledge of the market, but be ready to pounce when it's needed. If you need to waive an inspection, you may have to. If you need to waive appraisal, you may have to. There's so many different things that the buyer may have to do that in a normalized market, they don't have to do. The buyers have no leverage. The sellers have all the power. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, maybe you have something? Yeah, I was going to say, well, on top of that, I guess more focused in your realm and also on the buyer side, you know, tell the listener why Rhode Island? Because from a relative standpoint, it's more inexpensive than Boston. It's more inexpensive than New York. Even though we do have a little metropolitan city here in Providence, it's a little more spread out. It's a little more suburban in some areas. And you can you can get from one place to another really fast and still be able to feel like you're in sort of a city environment if you want, but also feel like you're in the suburbs in a very short period, but then also have the water. So you have a lot of different things in in a 30 to 45 minute time span that you can accomplish and, and, and achieve. Whereas you go to some of these other states, it's, it's not that easy. You know, Massachusetts is hard to navigate around. It's not as easy to get from the northern part of the state to the southern part. Uh, Rhode Island is easy, 45 minutes. Um, and I think you have valuations in certain parts of the state have withstanded um, the time, whether it's a good, bad, or, or ugly market. For the most part, some of the higher end towns, some of the more luxury t- type, type stuff has, has kept its value. 
So we can't let a Rhode Islander go without plugging some food. So <laughs> what are the top couple of restaurants? Where, where does a, a Man, Rhode Island real oh, estate agent go to eat? Where does a Rhode Island real estate agent go to eat? I mean, I'm, I'm not picky at all. Um, for me, I can go anywhere uh, on Federal Hill, anywhere downtown. Um, I'm not a big foodie, so I'm not going to hit these like little small 13, 18 course meals. Uh, <laughs> you know, nothing wrong with the a good sushi spot, nothing wrong with a good Italian spot. Um, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll go anywhere. What about you guys? Oh man, everything. I mean, Federal Hill, I mean, Casarino's is probably the number one. Massimo's is also good. Venda's always, always a solid spot. Uh, sushi, can't go wrong with Jackie's. Hmm. Uh, yeah. Good Her- Haruki East now too Haruki is East. climbing Jackie, on. Jackie's yeah. is my spot though. Yeah, Jackie's I love the Jackie, even, even though it's a chain and it's like it's just it's just it's just a good little easy spot to get in and out of valet, get in, get out. Yeah, and, and with like, selling 140 million in, in houses, you can afford Jackie's whenever you want to. I'm sure, but <laughs> I, think, I think so. <laughs> and if we're talking quick food, I mean Baja's has a special place in my heart. Baja's. <laughs> yeah, what about, I, so what about for beer though? Part of our, no, uh, part I, of our I don't I don't drink beer. Though. I only drink Captain. Sad. That's fine. Oh, you only, all right. Only drink Captain. Only Interesting. Drink Captain. That's do you, it. Do you put Coke in it or you just drink it straight? I splash it. Splash it. Splash a Coke and Captain. That's it. I so, don't drink nothing else. So what's the ratio of Captain to Coke then? Is it like, you oh, know, we're talking 95 to five. <laughs> 95 to five. <laughs> all right. That's that's what you get when you work like seven days. Yeah, a week, I guess that, that's that's kind of how it works. Right. So you don't have time <laughs> to play around like you got to go right for it. If you're going to go in, you got to go all in. Yeah, you can't be uh, screwing around with beer or wine. You yeah. gotta be drinking no, no, we, can't, we can't do any of that. No, nope. it takes too long to get to the same result. The last third of the show is obviously balls. We're talking sports. You're a busy man, but do you have any sports interests, any uh, particular team that you have a preference on? Uh, so who watches this? Like, where does this go? This is mainly New England, but mostly East Coast. And this is on, on just so I kind of have a – so I like to gamble on sports. That's yeah, fine. Yeah. So, okay. So, so That's I'm, good. We're all good so with that. I just want to make sure where we're at right now. Um, we're okay. We're in a legal I'm, sports I'm, betting I'm, state. It's I'm, fine. <laughs> exactly. I'm a big – I'm not a fan. I don't believe in being a fan of another grown man. I'll never be a fan <laughs> of someone. But I love I love watching basketball. I love watching football, um, college, whatever, NBA, whatever. Um, but I'll gamble on whatever if it's a – turtle versus a rabbit I'll, I'll bet on it so for me uh i just like a good good solid game home team whatever um take the home dog plus five and a half anytime it's college football. <laughs> so we'll give you a couple quick scenarios then we have the play-in game lakers warriors obviously both teams are on that bubble for for the to get into the playoffs i don't 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 i don't, I don't. It might be the mvp who do you have on that place? What's the line? We're going to tell you We're, right now. No, Lakers minus four and a half. Oof, they're begging you to take the Lakers, man. I know. <laughs> Yikes. Hold on once. Let me check my source real quick. I'll tell you oh, what God. I like. Is your source the Rhode Island Sportsbook? No, 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 no. Yeah, uh, we got Lakers. Lakers Warriors. Ten- when is Lakers Warriors? Tonight? No. Tomorrow. tomorrow. Oh, tomorrow. And keep in mind, by the time we run this, ah, I'm taking I'm taking the Lakers tomorrow. Wow, they're giving four and a half, and the and the public's taking Golden State. Yeah, I'm, I know. I'm going heavy on LA tomorrow. 
the uh, keep in mind, by the time we run this, this game will probably be over. So we'll look back at this and, and <laughs> yeah, take we'll, a yeah, we'll take your Like Kyle was right, or like Kyle really screwed up. I'm going double digit win by the Lakers. If wow. You take a, if you can take an adjusted line, take the Lakers plus double uh, minus double digits. They're blowing Dude. them out. Is the playing tournament they do they what play is the playing games? tournament? It's so the, the six, the six, seven, eighth, and ninth, or no, I think it's seven, eight, nine, seven, ten, eight, right? nine, ten seeds each play each other. It's two losses and you're out. Yeah, so it's whoever three, it's yeah. the best of three. Well, no, no, no. So the Lakers and the Warriors will play, the Spurs and the Grizzlies will play. Oh. Whoever loses. Those winners play yeah. each other, and once you lose two, you're yeah, out. So you're just, and like then it'll go seeding for for the uh, remainder it's of like the playoffs. That makes sense. It's it's dumb. It's it dumb. dumb. They had the Why perfect. Why are they doing that? <laughs> what the hell is that? More Why more. I know. So <laughs> I know. Because last playoffs, year, bro, what is all this? Last year was perfect. You know, you have the eighth seed who's in the playoffs and the ninth seed who's that bubble team. Let them fight it out in a playing game. Perfect. Now they're just trying to stir the pot and add more people. It's just the first year they did this. I've never first heard that in my life. First year. It used to be just the top eight seeds. Last year was the bubble for uh, Disney's campus. And then this year, they're like, hey, let's try something new, COVID, which is dumb. Yeah, no, last year, the bubble was, I mean, so this year, they're going to let, I haven't watched the NBA game in a long time. I bet on them, but I haven't watched them. Yeah. Um, do they have fans now or no? They yeah, do have back. fans. Yep. They're they fully, not fully fans. No. Uh, depends on the area. There's going to be some places like, New York's trying to get full fans. Oh, they'll be there. They'll too. be there. Yeah. yeah. I don't think anybody now. Not right now, but in the next week or so, when it's a when all the restrictions are lifted, full fans. Mm-hmm. So by the finals, probably. Cool. Um, that's yeah. I mean, that's that's good. So I'm I'm heavy on the Lakers tomorrow. So as a Rhode Islander too, do you fall on the Providence College side or the Rhode Island Rams side? We need to know. Yeah, I'd be more PC than URI. There you never go. That's the right a, answer. I've never been a URI guy. Just, yep. just like so far. I, I never got into them. Well, don't sleep on the Brian Bulldogs. I either. was just mm-hmm. going to say, aren't you guys Brian guys? Hey, don't sleep on the Brian <laughs> Bulldogs. That's a, I had Trust I made the process. What conference is that? NEC? NEC. NEC. I had a meme ready to go when Bryant was going to win the NEC and then didn't. It was the guy in the sign – like on the bench, uh, it's, he says, like, convince me otherwise. And I said, Bryant would have beat both PC and URI this year. And I couldn't release it because they lost the fucking mountain. I had, a, I had a t-shirt ready. <laughs> I had a t-shirt ready, dog to the dance. And How's the kid from Rhode Island? He's pretty good, huh? Which one? The Rhode Island kid? Yeah, yeah Erickson yeah, Vince. Erickson, yeah, Erickson. He's, uh, he played quite a bit this year. And he, uh, who knows? I mean, he's probably going to get some good reps next year, too. Do you go to, you go to Bryant now? Are you guys at Bryant? No, we, no, we graduated two years ago. Yep. I'm looking at it now, 2019. So what do you guys do now? You're freelance kind of podcast people? That too, but we, that's we our, got the that's day our day jobs. Yeah, we got our day jobs too. <laughs> yeah. What do you do during the day? So I'm a project manager at a company called Tech Target. They do uh, B2B software sales. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing sales at Schneider Electric. And oh, nice. That, that's to pay the bills so I can go and be my say, freelance. You, you guys hate every minute of both of those things, so that's, that's all good. Not every minute. <laughs> not yet, every right? minute. But it pays, <laughs> hey, it pays the bills. and uh, That's right. Yeah, so we can do shit like this, you know? That's that's right, that's right. That's how it goes. Um, and, and I know just recently you came out, uh, you've been cranking content out on YouTube lately. Um, you know, I'm only saying this because you, you talked about how to establish a side hustle and things like that. Um, what are the things that you're talking about on your YouTube channel? I, I've seen you have a lot of guests, uh, you know, in the real estate world. Um, what's going on with YouTube and your other content? 
I mean, really just trying to provide content, um, give value, add value, be there for people, be that educational mouthpiece in the, in the real estate space. And a lot of young people like you guys, so you guys are probably 19, you graduated probably like 22, 23, 24, yeah, 23 and 24. 24. So like you guys really don't have, you know, you need to have some people that you can look up. I'm 38, right? So I'm 14 years older than you. So it's taken me a while to get here. And I think all that work, all that sacrifice and stuff is is good for someone at 24 to hear that, that other people went through that stage and, you know, look at where we where you can get to. Right. So at 23, 24, my first job, I was making 27 grand. That's not, you know, I, I mean, not to talk about what I make now, but that's that's not that's not really doing mm-hmm. anything. You know what I mean? Or it's yeah. unlivable in this economy almost. Yeah, it becomes you can't even operate off of that. Um and again, that's not to say that's not good and some people can't live like that and that's fine and, and, and all the power to you. But for me that just wasn't enough. And I think that's where a lot of people and younger people get frustrated is you get forced to go to high school, forced to go to college, forced to get a job. And 30 years down the road, you're in the same position when you're like, damn, I just wasted 30 years of my life working for someone else, not having a spirit of entrepreneurial spirit that let me achieve achieve really what I wanted. And that was the biggest fear I had when I was kind of like 10 years in corporate America was, oh, oh, shit, what am I going to do if I never take a chance? And I think it's that chance that's really going to change you um, and allow you to kind of grow into to grow into your own. Otherwise, you just become a worker bee. And, and that's OK. A lot of people are good with that. But for me, that just didn't work. That wasn't in my competitive nature. So what is one piece of advice you wish you heard, you know, 20 years ago, uh, right out of high school or right out of college? You wish you heard you wish somebody, whether it was a mentor or someone on the side of the street, just told you these words that could have helped prepare you better for where you are today. I think it would have been. Um, take more chance, like take chances, but don't, but don't take chances until you're prepared. Right. So take chances in the sense that like one thing I wouldn't have given up was the 10 years of corporate America or the college education, the MBA that gave me a background that educated me. Right. That educated me to kind of deal with so many certain different people and deal with so many people and have a different level of validity and credibility and allow me to do the shows and the content instead of sounding like a dumbass. Right. So at the end of the day, there's a thin line with taking a chance and and going too fast. And instead, at the end of the day, allowing yourself to grow professionally and personally to get to that point. So I think the biggest thing is take chances. And I'm glad I ended up doing it, but I might have taken it a little later than I wanted. Um, but I think, Hey, there's no such thing as age. There's no age on success. You can get it whenever you just got to go for it. And certainly is working out for you. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Kyle Siebeth. Kyle, we appreciate your time. This is a fun conversation. We hope the best for you, uh, to close out, where can our listeners find you on social media? Where can they find your content online and how can they engage with the Siebeth team? Guys, you can just Google search. Facebook, Instagram, all those different sites, put my name and all my stuff will come up and just love that we get a lot, a lot of comments, a lot of people that come on and, and, and give me their two cents and help, you know, hey, this is how you can help me. This is how I've helped you or whatever. So find me there and, and we're rocking and rolling. Sweet. We appreciate your time again, Kyle. Thanks so much. And looking forward to seeing all the hopefully more uh, massive crypto deals that you guys are doing soon. All right, boys. You guys have a good night. You too, Doge to the Moon. Yes, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Later.
And that was just Kyle Seabeth, Rhode Island real estate, Dogecoin innovator, I would say. I mean, yeah, you know, property, (laughs) investing in property or selling property through the transaction of cryptocurrency is going to be the new hot thing. And I mean, Dogecoin was the surprising one for me. That one was like, if it was Bitcoin, I'd be like, okay, makes sense, especially with everything going on. But Dogecoin, I mean, what's the number on a, save a million dollar property with Dogecoin? And then it tanks the next day. Like, but then goes up the following day. Yeah, because he sells it at 160 Dogecoin, and that could be worth 50 grand one day. It could be worth 80 grand the next day, and then you're fucked. And then it's like, oh my God, what do I do with all this money that I just lost or gained? Yeah, imagine selling property when it was Dogecoin was at like 0.05 cents. And that's the thing. That, that's what's next. It's like, you know, Kyle was talking about how he can't say a lot, but he's they're, they're up to something, right? In the words of DJ Khaled, I'm up to something. And I think that's what what's going on here. You know, there there's a massive opportunity to build real estate, um, I guess, to do transactions over the blockchain. And... When you think about it, I mean, who better to do it than, or to spearhead it anyway, than the guy that sold property with Dogecoin? We should have asked him, but I wonder what his like cutoff number is. Like, I'm not accepting Dogecoin unless it's 35 to 50 cents, mm. and then I'm selling those holdings once it hits a dollar. Yeah, I don't know. <sighs> because, like, there's no way you can, like, you can't, once it hits a dollar, if and when, you can't, you. I mean, like, that's when the greed gets in. Yeah, I know. We're going to see this a lot. I feel like we're going to see this popping up. People saying, you know, I'm going to sell with Bitcoin or I'm going to sell with Ethereum or something. But those like are that. already worth like thousands and thousands oh, of, of dollars. They are. Like, this is like, you know, people purchase this at 0.05, like less than a penny. Yeah, sure, but you just sell it for two Bitcoin. You know, like this, this plot is up for two Bitcoin. Yeah. That could be interesting. Because, you know, technically by the books, that's what, between 80 and 100 grand somewhere? It could be, Probably it's like a gamble. Now. Yeah. Like, if you just have the amount of money that you don't care if you lose it, then maybe you just put it up for two Bitcoin. Yeah. We'll keep that in the back burner. Crypto, man. If we have enough money, we should do that. <laughs> that's going to be a long time before we can, be, like, buy property and be like, you know what? Let's fucking gamble on it. Let's just sell it for two Bitcoin and see what happens. And if we make some money off of it, then we make money off of it. I'm... I don't know. That's intriguing stuff. Um, do we want to talk about Goalie, our new partner? Yeah, we'll go with Goalie. I mean, you can't buy Goalie with Dogecoin yet. No. But I would not be surprised. Interesting. I would not be surprised if they start paying people in, in Dogecoin either. But neither here nor there. Goalie, though, not so new as sponsor, but we're still calling it new. Get that excited. In the, grand, in the grand scheme of things, sure. Yeah, but they're not new. Not so new, but... Anyway, if you haven't heard us talk about it before, Goalie Gummy Vitamins, the new and improved way to take apple cider vinegar shots. No more disgusting shots. No more apple cider vinegar. No one wants that. You're going to corrode your teeth away or upset your stomach just for what? To lose a couple pounds? No. Insert Goalie Gummies. They are healthier. They are packed with more vitamins, and they taste 10 times, 100 times better get two two of those gummies equals one of the shots. You can take up to six a day. They come in nice packaging. You can get a month subscription. You can get a single bottle. You can get a year subscription. Whatever the case might be, it helps immensely. Like I said, the vitamins are definitely fully packed. They help with digestion. They help just with you feeling better, losing weight, etc. You can name the benefits. Goalie has it. With our code, the BBB pod, that's T-H-E-B-B-B-P-O-D. 
You can get 10% off your order right off the bat. Like I said, stock up in a year supply, getting 10% off, not a bad gig, not a bad deal. Head over to goalie.com, that's G-O-L-I, to use your 10% off coupon, which is the BBB pod. I will be re-upping my supply. I made the mistake of getting a one month. That one month is gone. I have three gummies left, I think, so I have to stagger them out until I get my new bottle. I'm very excited, and I'm going to go get the three bottles this time and see where it takes me. Goalie.com, folks. Good stuff. Let's talk about sports. Balls, if you will. The Yankees are hurting our hearts more than they are stinking up the AL East. And I don't know where to begin with these assholes because they they can't play baseball right now. <laughs> I just don't understand it. They came in as by far the betting favorite in the AL East. Yeah, maybe tied with the Rays in some books, but... I mean, top three in the MLB. And then they come in, they you know get off to a little bit of a slow start, have some promise in the middle, and then they stink that shit up. It is egregious what the New York Yankees are doing right now. They're fielding a team that doesn't look like they care. They swing and miss all the time. They ground into a bunch of double plays. They've lost 10 of the last 13 contests. And, of course, they have just been swept by their sworn enemies in the Boston Red Sox. That hurts. No, I mean, like, this was the, – the pictures were in the book years ago. Like, we knew after 2016 it was the end of the golden eras with, you know, coming off Derek Jeter's retirement and all of these marquee free agents that we signed or older vets that we had were, you know – starting to flip them from prospects, so they're retiring, you know, Teixeira, A-Rod, McCann, Beltron, Ellsbury sucked, whatever it may be. They needed just that spark of, okay, we have youth, we're still the New York Yankees, we're going to trade for John Carlos Stanton, we're going to get a new manager that's going to keep this team afloat, because the New York Yankees management and ownership does not fucking care about a World Series ring, let alone an appearance. It's all about the bottom line, and it has shown. It has shown because this team is the island of misfit toys. No one is performing well besides Aaron Judge. Thank you. You know, good for Aaron Judge to try to earn his future contract and earn his, you know, his pinstripes per se. But everyone else, what the fuck's going on? It has been sloppy defense. It's been atrocious offense. Pitching. Pitching's been okay, but it hasn't been great. It's not like, oh shit, we have guys with all sub three ARAs. It's Garrett Cole and that's it, you know? Kluber throws a no-hitter, gets hurt. He's going to be out for two months. Tyone hasn't found a strike three call in six months. He's only been pitching for three of them, <laughs> yeah. you know? It is just, what frustrates me the most is not only this team, there is just no leadership and no one's stepping up. And that's what I thought we brought Brett Garner back in for, you know, this leader, because clearly his outfield shit and his offensive skills aren't really bringing much to the table. It's supposed to be his leadership and locker room guy. There is no spine on this team, and it's going to tailspin. Now, granted, we're early enough in the season, you know, look back two years ago and the Nationals had a sub-500 record and they turn around and win the World Series. Could something happen? Maybe. But I'm going to say it right here on the record. If the Yankees do not make any midseason changes, whether it's a spark in their own team internally or trade for someone to get better, I will not watch the rest of the se- another game of the rest of the season. Because it, this is reasonable. Just, it's it is. bullshit at this point. The fact that you have guys like 
Phil Nevins coming off fucking 22 days with COVID and an IV in his arm get ejected and Aaron Boone's like no no calm down like it's just a strike three stop call. Phil stop it's, <laughs> they're taking some good cuts up there you, you yeah, gotta the hit your coach saying fuck you fuck you fuck you and then the bench and coach then, gets ejected and then, yeah and then Boone sitting <laughs> he here takes no, the no, fall. no 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 oh my after God. he got ejected once this week but it's like still what are you doing you oh. had Aaron Boone not for fucking nothing You've been modest in your playing career. Congratulations. You had one home run hit to bring us to the World Series that we lost. Yeah, we didn't even win the World Series. You didn't even win the World Series, right? It was supposed to be sick. It was supposed to be Yankees-Cubs. You had a mediocre broadcasting career just because (laughs) you're one shining moment. I wouldn't argue that it was a bad broadcasting career. I didn't like it. (laughs) So now now you come to the Yankees, which you already had Joe Girardi's grit and built into this this team was already there you have a team in 2017 one game away one game away from the world series you inherit everyone and you get john carlos stanton who's a former mvp you get 100 games you lose you win another 100 games you lose do we win the no we didn't last year we didn't win the fucking um the um al east right were we a wild card no, wild card two years won. ago we got the al east I don't know anymore. We have an AL East with <laughs> Aaron somewhere. Boone. We shouldn't know. be like a. We shouldn't be like an. Oh, congratulations! It should the Yankees should be the AL East favorites and win the AL East every single fucking year. It shouldn't be like oh maybe we'll get the AL East and that's not a discredit to the Red Sox or the Rays or even the Blue Jays right now. It's the fact that the Yankees should always just be better because that is the pinstripe way. You don't have this talent. You don't wear this pinstripe just to be fucking mediocre. And that's what the Yankees are right now. They're mediocre. The Baltimore Orioles, again, there's no discredit to them. They have a lot of young talent and they're working together, have more runs, hits, and doubles than us. Mm -hmm. And we're the fucking New York Yankees. Yeah. It's not good. And the last AL East division title for the Yankees was 2019. Before that, you know, they, they, they went 162. And then they, uh, you know, the Red Sox obviously had that crazy year, 108 and 54. Um, and and there's then, nothing to slouch about 100 wins, but it no, doesn't mean shit. We haven't been to a World Series in 12 years. I know. And then this year, you look at the Yankees and how they're stacking up. I mean, still, very good division. You've got uh, some good teams. Hate to say it, Boston Red Sox look pretty good. And they're going to get Chris Sale back. I, and the Rays are going to be buyers at help. the deadline. And the Blue, Jay- the Blue Jays are going to get healthy. And what are we going to do? Oh, no, you know, our game plan's there, and once we get into our stride, we're a dangerous team. And then all everyone, they're going to have a one-week hitting streak of going 7-0 and with a bunch of home runs and be like, the Bronx Bombers are back, and the, and the death ship has been reformed because Luke Voigt's back and John Carlos healthy and blah, 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 blah. No, fuck you. We have an outfield of Tyler Wade and, uh, and Duhar and Frazier, and only one of those guys is actually an outfielder. I know. And you look at the options. I mean, and you go down the lineup. You have guys that should be performing, like DJ LeMay, who's number Underperforming. one. Underperforming. Underperforming. He's having a bad year. He's having, for the contract he's on, he's having a bad year. Yeah. If you or I walked up there and hit 260, it'd be like, thank God he's hitting 260. If DJ LeMayhew gets up there, it was touted it be as 320. the second coming of Jesus Christ... And he listen, I, and I wanted to re-sign DJ. There was no questions, ifs, ands, or buts about it. He's a phenomenal player, especially the past two years. Maybe it's the balls not being juiced anymore. I don't know. It doesn't matter. He should still be is. hitting more than 260. He should be hitting better you than know? he is. Any better than he is now. And again, like I will cut guys, I will cut guys slack like Gio Urshela, who is still hitting 280 plus with a bunch of home runs and clutch hits. Like, 
No one still expects Gio Urshela to be a good hitter. And right, his defense fucking is incredible. He's okay? pulling the weight of this He's pulling the weight. Offense. And Aaron Judge, you know, he's nearly hitting 300. He hasn't been hurt, knock on wood, yet. He's played actually the most games in all of the Yankees, and he's fucking doing everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's doing he's making plays on defense. He's hitting the ball. But again, can't do every he can't do everything himself. You have a guy like Eric Cole who is first five, six, seven starts where holy shit, this is the guy we signed off for. Oh my God. The last couple, all right, it's not his Garrett Cole self. It's frustrating, but he is human. It's still better than any of the aces we've had in the past decade. But still, it's like, okay, guy's not fucking DeGrom. He's not a superhuman. Mm-hmm. It's still a fat contract, though, so he better start picking the pace up or people in New York media is going to get fucking pissed. John Carlos Stanton was a former MVP. Like, Garrett Cole doesn't even have a Cy Young. John Carlos Stanton was a former MVP. 50 games into his Yankee career, people are booing him. You want to know what? Stanton looks overmatched. Bronx Pinstripes is right. They said it. He just looks overmatched. Since he came back from the injured list on May 28th, he looks like he doesn't belong there. I think he's still hurt. There's I think he's still 9 hurt. billion explanations, and that's one of them. Because Boone doesn't know how to fucking manage shit. He looks awful. He looks like he doesn't belong there. He looks like he's hacking at random shit. It looks like he's trying to hit a pinata. I don't know. I'm... So what are we going to talk about now at this point? What are they going to do to fix it? I, not yet, because I don't think we know. <laughs> we'll I come mean, back to this. I'll tell you two names that I really want. D- Lay Mame. Uh, Kettle Marte. Yeah. And um, uh, that Frazier guy from the Pirates. Oh, yeah, Adam Frazier, sure. Yeah, he fucking... Or, he's, uh, he's or Ben Attendee. I, I want Ben Attendee. I never thought I would say I, I want, want Ben Attendee on this roster. You think he would be, like... You, you think he would want to come to the Yankees? Because I don't know. I mean, Ellsbury, Euclid, the list goes Yeah, on, I really don't know, think like, he'd give a shit. I don't think he gives a shit. None of them really do, right? No. Like, the Yankees drafted the same year that they drafted Judge. They took a, a dude one pick later, Ian Clark, and the big lefty guy, and he's like a big Red Sox fan. Everyone's like, what the fuck are you yeah, doing? No one, it's like, fine. Just let them, they're gonna let them fizzle out. Get paid and go wherever they get, mm-hmm. gets paid. It's you not know? there anymore. He was there for a hot second and, and plays way off be, the team. Yeah, he doesn't want to be on the Royals. No. So Who does? Sally, should we? Ooh, there's a thought. Should we pack up, package up Sally Perez and Ben Intendi and give them? I don't know what we have to give them. That's the thing. Yeah. Some prospects? Our prospects aren't worth that. <laughs> like, that's not going to be the. I will say, if you trade the prospects to get somebody great, sure, that's fine. I'm done with the prospect stashing. I'm, no, I'm like, done with the prospect. That's hugging. fine. I'm done with the right. prospect. In this hugging. scenario, th- like, those aren't the guys you trade prospects for, though. You trade prospects for, like, a stud. Yeah, but okay, so throw in Whit Merrifield. They would not do that, What are they doing? The Royals have nothing, and they're just going to keep building and losing these players. But neither here nor there, you make, up a good, <laughs> you make up a good point on the prospect hugging because that is the most frustrating thing. Yeah. Because you have, and I hate, and you can say this about any team, but I really do hate Yankees Twitter. I'm sorry. Oh, well, they're all 10 years old. But like, oh you have God. the people that are like, we need to trade for X, Y, and Z. And then you start doing the trade calculators and you start looking at our prospects. You're like, but we can't give up Peraza. Like, he's going to be the starting shortstop in two years. And it's trade like, his ass. It's like, okay, he's in double A. He's not going to be the starting shortstop if Gleyber Torres is still on the team. He's been if, in double A for only a couple hours, too. And it's like, or, you, or the Yankees decide to wake up and sign an actual starting shortstop. Mm. What are we just going to do? Because you know what's going to happen? We're going to have another situation of Clint Frazier, this red-hot rookie, finally gets, he has a couple licks in the league, and then we play his tail, and then he sucks, and now we don't get anybody for him. Yeah, and Duhar, rookie of the year, runner-up, couple licks in the big leagues, 
gets hurt, never becomes the same, sucks. Mm-hmm. Mike Ford, couple licks in the big leagues. Oh shit, like he's a big power, power lefty hitter. He sucks too. He sucks. So now what's this prospect hugging doing? Gives us nothing in return. We'll have to see how Gettins does and a few of the other guys. This is our Yankee rant. Fine. If you came, you came here for craft beer reviews and crypto. I and mean, you're going to get some Yankees on the side. We can't let that slide. Let's talk about something a little bit lighter. Because um, this is going to be more appetizing for us as the weeks go on. We'll talk about the NBA and then the NHL. Um, NBA has been weird. I think for the most part it's played out as we had expected. Some surprises though. As we've got a full round done. Um, I mean, you can call this a surprise. I personally didn't think it would be. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. Lakers got their ass kicked by Phoenix. And it's not a situation where, you know, you look at it and say, oh my God, how did they lose to the Suns? Number one, the Suns, Suns are, are really good. good. The Suns are good. Number two, the Lakers, I'm just going to say it, they kind of suck. Like, LeBron has been great, Sure. And besides him giving up on his team and all, uh, and Anthony Street Close Davis, as Chuck, uh, as Chuck Barkley said the other day, it's like this team—they they just look so discombobulated. <laughs> it's it was I mean, wild. They, they limped into the playoffs once everyone got hurt, and you, you, I mean, you're you're that that team needs to be re, re, like revolved around LeBron and AD with everyone like gelling to how they're going to play. They need to be the dominant one-two punch. Once those two guys got hurt, and then you're having guys like, yeah, Andre Drummond can come in, but Andre Drummond, everywhere in his career, has just been like a stat stuffer and mm-hmm. not really producing to the actual table. Yeah. Dennis Schroeder, fine. Marcus All, fine. Like they're good players. There's nothing wrong with that. But the system is built around LeBron and AD. When you don't have LeBron and AD, you're not going to go well. Yeah. And then like AD gets hurt, and LeBron cannot do it by himself. And everyone's like, the fuck the LeBron haters and stuff. It's like, listen. Guy is the best player ever. Yeah. He has won four rings. He always surrounded himself with a talented cast because you cannot do it forever. And if anyone's going to like start hating on LeBron, start hating on Giannis. Yeah, that's true. Giannis is now the best player in the league. Hasn't won jack shit. MVPs don't equal rings. Because again, yeah, he's the best player. Hasn't won anything. Russell, Russell Westbrook, another example. Best player on the floor. His one chance was in OKC. Now he's not. He, he's never had enough firepower. Never gelled right with the system. He hasn't won shit. Yeah, and, and then you look at also guys like Steph Curry and Clay Thompson. Like uh, two yeah. years after that, you know they've won their dynasty. It's like those guys get hurt, the system falls, and now they're not in the playoffs. Look at how the Warriors were. They were awful. So and they had to scrape their way in, and they actually didn't even get into the to the real tournament. They got in the play in. Um, I don't know how the Lakers beat them, honestly. They, they did not they were look just, good. Yeah, I mean. Um, and the Lakers man, managing to win two games, honestly, I was a little surprised with. But, alas, we've got every every conference semifinal in the Western Conference is the same. So it's Utah, who's a one seed, playing the Clippers. And that was another interesting one. I was a little surprised that the Clippers managed to win. Like, uh, yeah, the Mavs didn't have it. No, and you kind of saw that towards the end. They don't too. have that it factor to like get over. They're you close. Know, they're close, but and Luca, you know, Luca's been absolutely incredible. Porzingis has not exactly. Everyone is, else has sucked. They don't imagine. I love it. If Luka Doncic in Dallas had the same supporting cast that Trey Young does in Atlanta, they would be like oh, that's a one seed material. Yeah, that's a very good squad. If you put Luca with those guys, I mean, man. And then if you put Trey Young in Dallas, I still feel like they'd kind of suck. So does Atlanta win? 
I don't know. I think Atlanta wins that trade. Um, still way too early to tell, but... So you've got all those matchups in the Western Conference and basically everything we expected in the Eastern Conference, but one big outlier, the Knicks getting bounced by Atlanta. Um, you know, I, am I surprised? Not necessarily, no, no. but um, just, you know, a little bit disappointed. I wish, you know, getting losing 4-1, like four games to one, the Atlanta Hawks, a team that they had their number all year. They went 3-0 against them in the regular season. Trey Young came into the Madison Square Garden yeah, and did his thing. That's the frustrating part. It's like the Hawks are a good team. There's no question about it. And Trey Young, he's he's a rising superstar in the league. I think the frustrating part is like the Knicks went three and zero against them, and like in like dominating fashion. I mean, like they were at least double digit wins. And to like have Julius Randle have this incredible season, and then like his tires just look flat in the playoffs. Um, you know, things just were not gelling well i don't know if it was like the excitement or like the city behind it and all this stuff it's disappointing but i'm not calling the season a disappointment the knicks overcame great overcame odds went from the 12th in the east to the fourth seed coach thibodeau coach of the year derrick rose should have been sixth man of the year um julius randall most improved player rj barrett incredible sophomore season promising young talent the Knicks are here to stay, and I'm excited about what they do in the offseason, but good for the Hawks. I mean, wish it was at least to Game 7 or Game 6. Um, 4-1 was just, it was sad, but I wouldn't call it a disappointment. Want to hear my hot take? I think Atlanta's going to give Brooklyn a run for their money. I think it's going to be 4-3. Brooklyn beats Atlanta. Well, Atlanta after Atlanta ha- beats Philadelphia. I don't think they beat Philadelphia. I think they do. No. They look good. It's one game, and they, they, st- they I know, blew it. They almost, they almost blew it. I know, they but almost they blew good. it. That's my hot take. Yeah, I'm going to say the Sixers. I think, I mean, Nets are already up two against the Bucks. You know, Giannis should have waited for that max extension to sign somewhere uh, else because yeah. you're not winning in Milwaukee. Now they have no money to give you more players in Milwaukee, and people are going to leave Milwaukee you're fucked. Yeah, like Drew Holiday might dip. You're done. You're... But where the fuck? Actually, no. He'll he'll stay. It's guys like Middleton. They're Middleton, gonna dip. yeah. Because he can go get paid somewhere else. And that's a guy. Talk about interesting guys the Knicks should look at. Middleton could be an interesting like middle ground piece if they don't go out and get a superstar. You know, you just add somebody different to, to kind of combo up with yeah. Randall. Could be a thought. But they but can't no one's pay. Going, no one's going to Milwaukee. No, because they can't fucking afford them. It's the same thing, which is like... I forgot who I was talking to about this, but people are talking about like, oh, it was like Damian Lillard, like, you That's know, another one. You know, could he get traded? Does he want to stay there and stuff? And it's like guys like Giannis and Damian Lillard are arguably, you know, top players in the league, no questions about it. And they have so much respect in the league, but clearly no one loves their destinations to say, I want to go play with Damian Lillard or mm-hmm. I want to go play with Giannis because they don't want to go to Portland and Milwaukee. It, it clearly shows. Yeah, know? they want to go play in L.A. They want to go play in New York. They want to go play in Miami, yeah. right? But it's like those are two generational talents. That Boston, you're, too. You're never going to see again. Yeah. And you have guys that there's the opportunities to go there, and they don't because of the location. Mm-hmm. I agree. Like, very simply put, like, if somebody has the opportunity to go play in Milwaukee or they can go play in Phoenix, Arizona, they're going to yeah. go to Phoenix. Why wouldn't you? Right. And then you do, well, I mean, you can play with Devin Booker in Phoenix. I know that kind of defeats the argument of what we're talking about. But, I mean, it's like Phoenix or L.A. or somewhere on the West Coast or somewhere where you're going to get paid a shit ton of money. I mean, come on. Yeah. 
Buckle, I mean, buckle up again. I feel like we're going to see a, a bloodbath between Utah and, and the Clippers now because the Clippers are like, okay, fine, we can win a playoff series. Like, let's just go, let's get after it. All right. Um, Phoenix and Denver should be pretty good. I mean, I've got Phoenix all the way there. Um, they look great. Milwaukee, Brooklyn, that's going to be a mess. Brooklyn just going to run train all over them. And then Atlanta and Philadelphia, I'm telling you, I think Atlanta wins in seven. And then they go on and play Brooklyn and take them to six or seven, too. They can slow him down. I don't know. The fact that you have guys like, I mean, Harden's hurt now, but KD Harden and Kyrie all on the floor each dropping 20 to 30 points. Like, that's just, that's just unfair. Yeah. Like, they just like, they embarrassed the Boston Celtics. They did. (laughs) They literally caused Danny Ainge to retire. (laughs) Brad Stevens to get promoted. Yeah. And he was also like, he didn't look too excited to get promoted. No, he didn't. Because the simulation glitched and Coach K is out at Duke. I'm going to talk about that real quick. Big I mean, simulation glitch. That is, yeah. That's a, we're talking about the video that was the same time as Coach they K paused. It was it. literally, it was Danny Ainge, the, the Celtics brass, and Brad Stevens talking about this whole switcheroo that came out of left field. Not Danny Ainge retiring, but the promotion, finding a head coach, maybe trading people, whatever. Mm. And at a particular moment, there was like a pause where like no one was asking questions. <laughs> Reporters froze. And everyone at the front table, at the press table, was like frozen too. And in that exact moment, stitched the timelines, Coach K announced his retirement. And there was like shippies. There was rumors going, Brad Stevens to Duke, maybe. I don't know. But- you know what's really funny? I saw a tweet that said this gives me major like 2K press conference vibes. Where it's stuck in the middle, yeah, and you have to, between, like, you have to pick the option, yeah. and reporters are talking to you in the text. That's the vibes I got. It was it so was. funny. It literally was. Man. But that, that was interesting. Um, Coach K's out. He joins a list of a few more college basketball coaches that are done. Interesting stuff. We'll, we'll, do, we'll get back into college basketball these next couple of weeks. There's a lot of stuff going on. Just a lot of weird stuff. Um, we can tie that back in with the NBA draft when we get back to... Um, we'll talk about hockey real quick. Man, Islanders took the... Uh, they're, they're going into New York to game six with a 3-2 lead. But is this one of the best hockey playoff series like we've seen in a while? I think so. It's very gritty. Both teams are evenly matched for each other for the first time in a, in a while that they've been at the same level and they've been you know in a really important playoff series. It's been years. I mean, this is really cool stuff to see everybody getting rowdy. You know, you've got the... The barn at full capacity, basically. You've got the garden at full capacity. Borelli's is popping. They just had a, a huge party at Hurricanes the other day for the Bruins game. I mean, playoff hockey is better when there are fans engaging with it, and that's what we're seeing this year. Yeah, I mean, taking the Islander bias aside right now, I mean, because I know I think they're a phenomenal team. They're not, I don't think they're a Stanley Cup winning team, but they keep getting better every year, and the talent's there, and the potential's there. If and when the Islanders do beat the Bruins, embarrassing for the Bruins because the Bruins easily have the best trio in the entire league. Yeah, of Pasternak, uh, Pasternak Bergeron, and um, Marchand. Marchand, yeah, and getting a former MVP in in uh, Hall too, mm-hmm. Taylor Hall. So and what the fuck happened with Tuca lately? Yeah, I mean, twelve saves. After, oh my god, yeah, he looks get awful. Benched, gets benched after the third, the second period. So yeah, I. Love it. Love the intensity. I love the, you know, New York-Boston rivalry. This is going to be a great series. But in my eyes and in my heart, whoever wins 
Vegas, Colorado is going to win the cup. Mm. Those two teams are rocking. Colorado, chips. man, they're the Avalanche. When's the last time good. the Avalanche were that good? It's been a few. It's, <laughs> I don't know. Have they won a Stanley Cup? They definitely have. Yeah. Like I'm thinking David Abisher yeah. days. Oh, they won two, 96 and 2001. So 2001. Yeah, man, it's I mean, been a while. It has been a while. Yeah. Conference championship was until back then, too, and they won the President's Trophy for the first time. The last time they won the President's Trophy was the same year that they won the Stanley Cup in 2001, and they won it this year. They look real good. So, But Vegas has been, I mean, ever since their inception, continually, you know, they're in the playoffs. They're a name for themselves. They have the talent. Those two are going to, yeah, whoever wins that is going to be up. And then in the rest of the bracket, I mean, I believe the are the Canadians up 3-0? I think so. I don't even know. Is that bad of us for not knowing? I feel like we I should know. I haven't watched as much hockey with everything going on. Yeah. Um, it is... Yeah, Montreal is up yeah. 3-0. Well, the, the Jets suck, honestly. Tampa Bay is going to beat the Hurricanes, right? probably. Right, that's the Winnipeg Jets? Yeah, yeah. they suck. They're like the, the Canadians are way, way Canadians. better. Canadian, the Lays Hebs. Yes. And then what, Vegas Avalanche is tied at two? Yeah. The Lightning are up on Carolina right now, which is a little surprising, too. Lightning's good. Tampa's they're they're good. always good. They have, always have a good team. I mean, they won the cup last year. Mm-hmm. Not <laughs> yet. So I would hope so. Crazy that Dallas didn't even make the playoffs. I know. Minnesota Wild snuck in. The Blues yeah. snuck in. What a weird bracket. And that was, you know, honestly, good for the Islanders beating the Penguins, too. I mean, that's a that's a monster. Like, I feel like that chip on your shoulder, you get to the Eastern uh, – is it technically the Eastern Conference? Well, I don't even know what it I is. I don't know the what NHL. they're calling it this year. With like, Yeah, because all the Canadian te- – it's like the Canadian bracket. Yeah. And they have the they Western They just approved, one. though. They just approved for the uh, crossover for this game the, oh. uh, on the West. Where? Where are they going to do it? Well, I mean, whoever wins in Canada, they can go, like, the American team can oh, go Oh, good, yeah, so they can yeah. go, okay, yes, 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 that makes sense. Uh, that it, it had to have worked that way, otherwise they would have to do it in a neutral site, so. Yeah. All right, this is cool. I'm going to watch some more hockey. Like, I, I will only really watch the playoffs in hockey, and I really should watch more of it, but exciting stuff. Um, go Islanders. I'll, I'll be rooting for the Islanders. Let's go Islanders. Let's go Islanders. Wrapping up balls, um, Floyd Mayweather fought Logan Paul. What a weird time. It almost feels like it's satire. It's all about the money. It's all it about is. the money. And uh, on Showtime, it was an exhibition card. Um, What weird fights. Ocho Cinco was fighting Brian Maxwell. You had like weird fights between random people. And then the main event was an eight-round, three-minute bout between Money Mayweather, the Floyd Money Mayweather, and a fucking YouTuber. It's crazy. Well, yeah. so here's a here's a hot topic for you. Is he a YouTuber or is he a boxer? Logan Paul. He's still a YouTuber. He's not a boxer. <laughs> Come on. Like, I'm not like a boxer purist. Like, I respect this sport. I don't know a lot about it, but I respect the endurance and the training and the hustle and, like, the showmanship of it. He's an entertainer. You know, I would not call him a boxer. He's an entertainer. Floyd Mayweather is a boxer and an entertainer, you know, Give credit where credit is due. Logan Paul held his own. It was eight rounds, three-minute rounds. Yes, Mayweather's older and smaller and shorter, but he's still Floyd Mayweather. You know, it's like, doesn't matter. You know, I'm not a big NASCAR guy, but if it was me versus Dale Earnhardt Jr. at however old he may have been at the time or 
you know, his father died. He's is he still alive? I don't know. Ben yeah, Dylan Jr. Yeah, yes. Jr. still alive, <laughs> yes. but his father. Yeah, however, his father's the one that died in the crash. Yes, if his if if Jr. and me are up against each other, and however he is, and I am, he's still beating me in a race. Yeah, you know, it's like if. Derek Jeter and me go up to swing baseballs. I bet you he's still beating me in swinging baseballs. Like, of course, it is apples and oranges. Um, I think the interesting part is the conspiracy that's going around that Mayweather knocked him out for a hot second, and that's why he kept leaning in and hugging him to like shake him up because there was some times like they were just hugging for way too long. And there's a video surfacing of like the one punch to like on the left hook. He kind of slumped over, lost the eyes a little bit, and, like, held them up. Because I don't think – I confidently say, like, Mayweather should have knocked him out. There's no way he, like – he could have. Oh. He held him. Wow. Wow. Oh, he was – he was not moving. Yeah. I'm on – I'm so on board with that. He (sighs) – he knocked him – he knocked him down. And, again – Mayweather looked like he did not break a sweat. No. What did I think Logan Paul landed like fifteen percent of his like total jabs or total punches yeah, it was bad. in general? Yeah, it wasn't good. And like Logan Paul looks like he got hit by a train. Like I he know. was bruised up in the face. He was drenched in sweat. I don't know. Like Mayweather knew either way he was going to get his bag, hundred million dollars pre-tax. Mm-hmm. It did not matter. It was not going to count against his record. He does not care what people think about him. He does not care about anything else about except the money, and that's it. I agree. Now, here's an interesting topic. Call me crazy, but by the time this is all over, I think Logan Paul in this era could be more valuable for the sport of boxing than Mayweather was well, when he was coming up. Boxing was a dying sport. Well, that's the thing. Yeah. And so, it's not, but like, again, though, are you going to call this boxing or entertaining? Because like... Who's a, to say they're not the exact same thing? <coughs> Bless. I'll cut that. <laughs> or keep it. Post. Who's to say that that's not the exact same thing? Right? Like, who's to say that... I guess what I'm trying to say is, you know, are in this era where boxing was considered dying, is that going to become boxing now? Is that entertainment going to be more of boxing than like actual sport then that's what the mma and and ufc's for the entertaining like the it's the less polished boxing and very raw boxing and fighting and stuff and you have rappers coming out and you have all these performances like again like obviously like you can make this argument with like baseball it's like let them have fun and let the game evolve and stuff like that but i just don't I don't see that as boxing where you like it used to be just two people bashing in their faces, not hugging for 30 minutes and like stopping like that's just like just like coming from watching some fights throughout my entire young life. It's like I did not want I mean, low key, we didn't pay for the fight, but (laughs) I did not I do not want to sit there. And no, someone else paid for it. We just tagged along. Of course, Um, I do not want to sit there late at night on a Sunday night to see two people just hug it out and like throw 15% of their punches that Oh yeah, objectively that was a shitty fight. That was just a bad fight. So like... You can't... There's no debate. If you can't fight well against Floyd Mayweather, then what's the point of him even fighting at all? Or if you're Floyd Mayweather, if you can't fight well against Logan Paul... I don't think he was trying. I don't think he was trying. Oh no, he wasn't trying. You're exactly right. But like... 
and I guess you don't need to try my they don't yeah I mean be why why fight the fight but it's if I was getting 100 million I yeah would he like didn't have to try at all and he was gonna make the money so then again it's just dumb it's just a waste of time like if there's another big name fight like this and it comes out to be like a snooze fest I'm just gonna stop tuning and I'm like I'll catch the highlights on Twitter yeah you I'll know? do the three minute YouTube recap and I'm not gonna the, waste the time dude yeah I'll, exactly I'll wake up and watch it and be like oh shit cool all right bet like I didn't like, have to go to bed at 3 you know, a.m again respect Logan Paul for what he's doing and yada 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 came adversity and all that story stuff I wanted a knockout if you're not gonna because <laughs> yeah. again it was also an exhibition but there was also no judges and nobody scoring and no winners so what are we just doing participation trophies it's, for 100 it's million showtime that's like, what Showtime dumb, does. Dumb, do dumb, dumb. And the commentators sucked. They made the fight way worse. I mean, it's Thriller and Showtime, and it's not... They're, they're not they're, <sighs> I would have rather had the Triller commentators on there. than And, and Moro Ronaldo, love him, has had a great career. That was not good. No. Was that was boring. a bad performance. Brian Custer was the best part of it. The say, end. say that Logan Paul does TikTok dances one more time. Oh you made God. that. You made that comment 40 times, and it was just like come up with a new slant. I'm it was like, the guys he was with. I was like, come up with a new slant. Yeah. It's not even a slant. He's making a ton of money for being TikTok, and TikTok's a cool thing to do now. If you had told me at the beginning of this year that we, in this episode in June, would be talking about Floyd Mayweather and Logan Paul fighting and the Yankees sucking, I would have been like, what the hell yeah, are you doing? nightmare fantasy. What are we doing here? And the Lakers out. Yeah. And all this stuff. And Dogecoin getting sold <laughs> from on a property. What? What? This is a loaded episode. We checked a lot of boxes off. A lot here. of boxes. And to even starting off, you know, we got beers this weekend at a place with packed people. All of this did not seem possible. This is the impossible episode, people. Checked a lot of shit off here. Can't wait for next week. Oh, God. Um, let's do Positivity Corner and then hit the hay. Yes. Veteran donates 36 acres of land to build retreat for homeless vets struggling with addiction. Um, Marty Weber and his longtime partner, Jeff Passant, shared many things in common. They own a business together. They both love nature. They both served in the Army. Um, but they've also both experienced the same challenges that many military veterans face upon return from their, uh, you know, tours and completion of their service. Um, unfortunately, uh, Jeff Passant passed away four years ago from cancer, and Weber could not think of a better way to honor their 30-year union than by supporting military military met- veterans in need. So he decided to donate their 36 acres. Uh, bordering New Jersey Pinelands Nature National uh, Reservation, excuse me, to be used as a rehabilitation center and retreat for mental illness and addiction patients, specifically for veterans, and it's called Jeff's Camp. Um, the Webbers turned down $3 million for the property, and although it was a nice gesture, they just wanted to be like, hey, I'm doing this for uh, to honor Jeff, but also to help those veterans in need. And we've talked about this before. You know, Veterans have sacrificed a lot of their you know, their life, their time, their mental capacity to serve our country, to protect our country. And nine out of 10 times, they're not getting that help when they get back. And it's unfortunate to see um, people struggling that gave up, sacrificed so much to help us that they're not getting that return. It's nice to see that, you know, they will have a place to rehab and, you know, return to somewhat normal lives and be able to battle these demons inside. So, Great, great story. Love supporting the veterans. Love supporting the mental illness um, institutes as well. 10 out of 10. Very, very great stuff from Jeff's camp and uh, Mr. Weber himself. Yeah. 
It's really cool. They said they, uh, you know, reading from NJ.com, we thought about a cemetery for the vets, said Weber. And yeah, the $3 million bucks, they was going to be residentially zoned and commercially zoned, he said, but it's going to keep them alive. So really cool stuff. Heartwarming story. Um, again, great stuff coming next week. Uh, hope you enjoyed our interview with Kyle Seabeth. Go buy some Doge, people. Go buy some damn Doge. You won't regret it. Hopefully you don't regret it. Again, not financial advisors. Do not take your advice. Um, we check off all the boxes. All we the good boxes here? are checked. We're good. Join us next week for episode 53. That's Will and I'm Jake. So long, folks. Take it easy.